Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr, and I'd like to welcome you back to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 76. My name is Jake Kerr, and I'm your host today. We're going to be getting through a whole heap of stuff in today's podcast, but I want to start with something that's very fucking important because it starts right now and it goes until the end of the year. And of course, that is the Black Ink 2022 t shirt capsule. Now, that is a lot of syllables, it's a lot of information. I want to give you as much uh, information on this whole project as I can so you understand what's going on. So basically this year, let me clear my throat, this year I'm releasing 20 t-shirts. Each of those t-shirts are going to be made 20 times, which means I'm going to be making a total of 400 t-shirts in total inside this capsule. Okay. So first things first, This doesn't mean that I'm only going to be making 400 tees this year. I'm still going to be supplementing my classics range. I'm still going to be making some new tees here and there that don't fit into this capsule. And they're going to be obviously be for sale in different shops. They're going to be for sale online. But this capsule itself basically is 20 tees, 10 of which I'm going to be collabing with other people. And I'm going to tell you more about that as the year goes on. But these 20 tees are each going to have unique numerical identification tags on the inside of the t-shirt so you know exactly which t-shirt you have and exactly which one of the 20 it was produced. So you, sorry, I fucking mucked up the words there. So you're going to know exactly which one of 20 it is in that batch of t-shirts, okay? So stick with me, I'm gonna make 20 shirts. Each of those shirts is gonna be made 20 times and each of the shirts that I print within this capsule is gonna have an ID tag on the inside so you know exactly which shirt you have and which one of the numbers out of 20 that it is. Now this is all gonna start with the field tee which I've recently designed and put into production and this is it here. So we've got a fun, funky green, if you can see that, green glow print on the front and on the back. This is the first time that I've done any other color print other than white on a black t-shirt. I'm super excited. I've already learned heaps as far as using different sorts of uh, t-shirt uh, inks and colors, but figuring it out as I go along. So basically, this is the first of 20 that I'm releasing. This is released on Wednesday, the 12th of January, which is, of course, tomorrow because this is released on the 11th of January. And there is going to be seven of these available at Sabotage on Victoria Street in Bunbury, which also includes one, which is going to be the T1 of 20. This is going to be for sale in Sabotage, and it's going to be the only one that is printed on a white T-shirt. Now, this is an extra large white field tee. It's the one of 20. It's a, it's a collector of collectors shit if you're going to collect black ink, okay? This is the number one of the number one tee, and it's going to be for sale in Sabotage as of... I believe nine o'clock tomorrow morning. So if you want that one of 20 of the first tea released in this capsule, go get it, okay? Now, my second tea that I'm gonna be doing as part of this capsule is gonna be an Australia Day tea, and my third tea is going to be a Valentine's Day tea. So you can actually start to see that these teas that I release within this capsule are actually going to align with specific dates during the year. They're also going to align with specific events that are happening during the year. And sometimes they'll even apply to particular dates that are special to the people that I'm collabing with. For example, I have a business that I'm doing a collab with this year as a part of this uh, capsule. And they're actually going to be releasing a new product at the end of July. So they've selected to do a date with me at the end of July to go alongside their new product release. So all of these shirts are going to have some sort of meaning behind them. And as you know, all of my black ink shirts tend to have some sort of meaning behind them, whether it's something basic or something that's a bit more cryptic and coded and you can actually like decipher what it means. But I'm trying to keep a certain amount of value and importance alongside these tees as I release them, which also like 
organically helps me stay excited about them because you don't just want to be pumping out designs one after the other with little color changes here and there. I want to be excited about these products as I'm making them. So I'm tr I've tried to create a sort of structure that not only Black Ink can follow, that my customers can follow, but also something that inspires this excitement and creativity with each new t-shirt as it comes along. Now I know what you're probably thinking like, Jake, surely you're getting sick of just making t-shirts and fucking oath I am, absolutely. Which means that the Black Ink range is not gonna be held back to only t-shirts. I'm gonna be looking at super fun, kind of very different um, articles of not only clothing, but equipment as well. I'm, I'm starting to work alongside a few different uh, I'm not going to say businesses, just very smart people who are helping me achieve these kind of new goals that I've got, which are making things that aren't just clothes. So I'm super excited to show you all of this capsule as it happens in real time. The first release is, of course, as I mentioned, this fealty, which again, there's only going to be 20 of these made. And that includes the one that I'm wearing right now which means that there's only another 19 out there in the wild. So if you want one, especially that white one, that one of 20, you have to act straight away. Now, do I wanna sell, sell all these t-shirts out? Absolutely I do. That's the whole aim of what I'm trying to achieve here is the exclusivity of the items I'm kind of building into it as I go along so that if you want one of these tees, not only do you have to act on it quick, but it also helps people understand that Say you actually got, you know, say you got number four out of 20 of the field tee, right? And then later on, someone else goes like, oh, you know, like later on the Valentine's Day tee gets released and, you know, one of your friends really wants it, but they miss out on it, right? But you got one. Say you got the 420 Valentine's, you got the 420 Australia Day and you got the 420 field tee. So now... Not only is it the Valentine's tea that your mate is like impressed by, you can say, yeah, I've got the 420 in every tea of this capsule up, up, to, up to and including this one. So I'm just trying to add a little bit more value, a little bit more collectability, a little bit more exclusivity into each one of these teas. And obviously right now, I don't have all the hype in the world, but there is going to be a day that Black Ink does have all the hype in the world. And when that day comes, I'm setting this in place so that I can basically just keep replicating this model and I'm going to keep that super kind of hard to get exclusive sort of feel about everything. So, I mean, the way I see this in my mind when I was kind of planning it and when I explain it to my mentors and my peers, I kept on saying that I'm really not doing this for 2022. I'm doing this for 2023 and 2024, which basically in my mind is I want to educate my customers. This is how Black Ink is going to operate going into the future. This is how I need you to kind of work in. With it. Oh, it sounds a bit fucking black and white what I'm saying. I need my customers to do anything. Um, but yeah, basically just explaining like, here's how Black Ink is going to operate and I'm just going to keep doing it until people understand. And the really hard part about all of this is, is like at the start, right now, when I have these brilliant ideas and I build a plan and I put them all into place, there's so many moving parts. There's so many things that I need to explain. And it doesn't matter how many times you say, I'm going to make 20 tees. I'm going to make 20 of them. They're all going to be uniquely identified. They're going to be for sale in shops and online. There's going to be ways of securing them before they actually come to release. All of these things. It's so much information that I'm trying to convey. And unfortunately, you can only say so much in an Instagram post. You can only say so much in a Facebook post. And even I'm only going to have so many people listen to this podcast. And even then, out of all the people who listen to it, there's probably only going to be like 40% of the people who listen to it that actually take on the information, understand what I'm saying. And then out of those 40%, there's probably only like 50% of them who are actually customers who purchase things off me. So the difficulty of like, tre uh, of like, saying of, of getting this information to my customers 
is extremely hard. But with that said, if I just keep doing this all year, I mean, this is the thing, it's hard right now because I don't have anyone who's really trying to hear this information. Like I don't have anyone saying like, oh, what's Jake gonna do next? But this is one of those examples where if I just keep doing this, keep hitting the repetitions, keep doing it day in, day out with every T, follow the same rules, only make 20, sell them in shops, blah, blah, blah. By the time 2023 comes around, all of my customers will be educated. They'll be telling other new customers about what I do. They'll be getting other customers for me because of the whole exclusivity of all of this. And it's just like, for me also, it's like a healthy way to experiment with my business, to put things into play and see if they actually come to fruition, see if they like create wealth or see if they create hype or see if they create some sort of new opportunity for my business. Or sometimes they just don't work. Sometimes you have to put things into play, see them not work, understand the failure, see where it went wrong and take that information away and use it moving forward. So with all that said, we might come to this time next year and I might not be doing all of this again, but that'll be because I learned through the process of doing it this year. Or next year, I might be saying, right, I'm gonna release 10 shirts, but I'm only gonna release 50 of each of them. So we up the amount of shirts that we're gonna make over the year, but we halve the amount of shirts we actually have to design and come up with. Or maybe the collaborative thing works heaps better than the solo stuff does, so I do more collabs, whatever it might be. But if we actually zoom out of all of this, right? Take a moment to look at what I'm doing, okay? Because I've been speaking a lot lately about my first 12 months. I haven't even hit my first 12 months. I'm still in my first fucking eight months of operation, right? And these are the things that I'm coming up with. As I mention all the time, there's a screen printer behind my fucking camera. There's all my desks, there's my heat press, there's all this shit going on. I've only been doing this for eight months. The thing that I'm starting to really appreciate at the moment is stop planning for five minutes and start planning for fucking 50 years. Actually, actually plan for 50 years. Because when you plan for 50 years, all of a sudden it becomes so easy what we should be doing right now. I feel like when we worry about the next five minutes, we try and build what we want to be executed in five years time right now. We take that long shot perception of what we believe is possible and we start trying to em employ it right now. But I think the reality is, is if we actually take the next five years, we take that vision of what we see in the next five years and we perfect it, okay? So instead of just going, I want a Ferrari, right? This isn't my goal. I'm just making one up as we go. Instead of going like in five years time, I'm going to have a Ferrari. So then, you know, you go and start doing shit to do a Ferrari right now. That's kind of not how it works. You know, like we need to make all the money, all the, all the bullshit, right? So instead I go, right, what color's a Ferrari? What house is it parked at? Okay. Do I drive the fuck out of it or is it a collectible? Is it in a carcoon or is it in my driveway? Where do I hang the keys? What do the keys look like? What color is the interior? I get so intimate with the goal and then go, right, if that's actually what you want, then let's reverse engineer that goal right back to step one and do what we do. And for me, I said in five years time or in 10 years time, you know, the, the, the time frame isn't really important. The fact is it's so far out that it's hard to even perceive that it's gonna actually happen, okay? And I said to myself, what do I see Black Ink as? And it isn't just another fucking a rip curl or a billabong where there's, you know, I make one shirt, we make 100,000 of them, we distribute that between 20,000 shops in, in Australia and we set and forget, okay? Now, I know there's a lot more to that if you know the industry, but the point that I'm making is, is there is something to this, um, 
you know, but I feel like 10 years ago, if you had a brand that was in every surf shop in Australia, that was success. And I feel like now if you've got some sort of boutique that is really obvious to your crowd and your audience, but is unobvious to the rest of the world. And because of that, is it attract, it is attractive to look at. And it's almost like inviting and you want to be a part of it because it seems to be like almost a cult that people are about it. That's the sort of thing that I'm trying to build. So I take all these examples of things like Supreme, um, even like places like Cabernet Nior in Perth, uh, Street X, obviously, uh, small uh, brands that I see in boutiques around Bunbury and stuff like that. I try and employ all these things that they're already doing and go say, I say to myself, how can I create this same exclusivity that I see, but in a way that is specific to black ink? And the way that I see it is creating these capsules with super limited numbers so people feel like they're getting a little slice of history. And all I've done is created the perfect bottle of that and I've done 25% of it, okay? So I believe right now that I can release a shirt and confidently sell 30 of them. Cool, let's make batches of 20 so they definitely sell out. I don't want any questions as to if they sell out or not. I want them to sell out every time, okay? And even though I know I can sell 30 and if I track this progress and this growth that I've been having, I know that probably by the end of the year, I should be able to sell about 100 tees every time I release a a batch of t-shirts. Now I know economically, you say that if you release you know, two batches of 20 tees this month, two batches of 30 tees February, and you keep on going up by 10 until eventually you hit 120 tees a month, okay? So basically what this says to me is if I do that, obviously I'm gonna make heaps more money than if I do the same amount of batches, but 20 tees in each batch. But if I do 20 tees in each batch and I sell out each of those 20 tees, I have 400 items of clothing out there that are way more exclusive and hold more value, even if it is only in sentimental value to the owner for now, than had I released you know, 1,200 products or 1,300 products, whatever it equals when you add up all of those batches I was talking about before. Actually, it's more along the lines of like 760 something products or 820 products, something like that. I don't know if I had to follow that other method. But the point that I'm making is I would rather make less products that people value more so I can use that foundation of what black ink is, this collectible kind of exclusive, like you have to be, you have to know where it is at the right time to get it sort of thing so that moving on into next year, I can focus on making good, great, fucking excellent products and garments for a a community that understands that black ink has more interest in delivering value than in delivering quantity, right? So that's something that I'm trying to create right now. And in all honesty, I feel like I'm halfway between like, as I've mentioned this so many times, and it's funny, the further and further I get into business for myself, by myself, with myself, I realized that the quote that Elon Musk said, you know, starting a, a company is much like chewing on glass and staring into the abyss. It truly is. You can do anything any day and any day that you wake up, you can be about to make the biggest, best or worst decision for yourself or your business ever. And it's overwhelming as much as it is purely exciting. I'm starting to get to this part of my business where like every day really is just this new exciting thing where I feel like I'm, you know, I'm taking steps in the right direction. I'm meeting new people. I'm trying new things. I'm having these moments where I'm taking these big ideas that I already had and I'm putting them together to have aha moments. And it's just, it's fucking magical. But with that said, as I mentioned, I do feel at the moment as if this whole 
Like this 20, 20 tees in, 20, in 2022 only made 20 times. Oh my God, how many times can I say 20? But this whole idea of making all these tees and having these like this these sealed batches where there's only going to be so much and that, I feel a bit silly, you know, because the thing is like for me to do this properly, I have to believe in black ink 500% than what you do. And I'm pretending that you're the perfect customer. So for me to be walking out on this limb by myself in the fucking breeze, just hoping that my idea is going to come to fruition and it's going to be fucking valuable is crazy. But I would much rather be solving this problem than how to get into fucking six gear and some road ranger fucking cable gearbox that doesn't want to let you go into it. And you're cruising doing 80 kilometers down, 80 kilometers an hour down the road and you can't fucking, you know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, right? And you don't because you're not an ex-truck driver like me and it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is I'm having fun. I'm trying new shit. I'm trying to create this sense of like authenticity and organic kind of you know like ideas for black ink and and you're seeing this kind of play out so enough about that let's keep moving on what i am going to talk about is today is a day that i've been waiting for for like two or three weeks because finally the company that sells a piece of equipment that i have been absolutely holding my breath to purchase for my business is finally open again and apparently they're meant to be open at eight o'clock their time which is eastern states so i called them of course at six o'clock my time turns out they're lying first day back for the year and apparently they need a couple hours off the phones before they get started it's all good am i upset set of course because I wanted to get it ordered so I could talk about it on the fucking podcast but I won't because I talk about things that I do sorry I talk about things that I've done not that I'm gonna do and we all know that we all know that but I'm very excited because it's a piece of equipment actually if I'm honest with you in the next month basically for the month of January but I'm gonna say the next month from today uh, my whole studio is having pretty much um I mean, just massive additions to the studio. So basically what we've got at the moment is we've got a screen printer and we've got a few pieces of equipment that operate around the screen printer. So at the moment, when I do a screen print, I print it, I dry it using a, um, a heat gun, you know, just like a, a, a fucking heat gun. You plug it into the wall, you press the button and heat comes out of it at about 200 um, degrees. Uh, and what I do is I seal the print, like I'll hit this with a heat gun, then I put it in the heat press, I close it down, it cooks it for about four minutes, that bonds the ink to the t-shirt, Bob's your uncle, it's good to sell. So basically you just, you know, you hit it with a steamer to get a few of the creases out, make it look nice and tasty, send it to the customer, job done. So basically how screen printing would normally work if you're not aware of this, you would take your shirt off the screen printer and even then, you can actually have what's called a flash dryer hang over your screen printer. So if you're unaware of how a screen printer looks from above, mine is basically a big X, right? And in the center of it is a bearing. So on that bearing, that X actually rotates around. And then on top of that X, there's another X with the screens. So what this means is you've got a workspace of platens, which is what your shirts get loaded onto. Those platens spin around in a big circle. You can have four, you can have six, you can, you know, how many of those platens you have depends on how many shirts you can print at one time. So I, because mine is an X, has four arms, I can fit four shirts on there. So basically what happens is your screen aligns with your platen, you pull it down, you do your pull of your ink through your screen onto the shirt, the screen goes back up, you go to the next shirt by rotating it around and you repeat this process. So basically, while your shirts are rotating around on that big axis, you can have a flash dryer which hangs over the opposite end of where you're operating. And this is because the flash dryer is emitting heaps of heat and what it's trying to do is bond the ink to the shirt in the middle of you doing the prints over the top. 
So sometimes like this particular shirt is actually, this is a, I mean, this is probably a bad example, but this is a good example at the same time. Normally, when I'm putting white ink on a black shirt, I'll do three passes, which means three times I'll pull the screen down, do a couple of pulls, put the screen up, I'll let it go around a whole rotation while I'm doing the other three shirts, I'll do it again, whole rotation, I'll do it again, and then that shirt's typically good to go. Sometimes, like this shirt here, because I'm doing such a light color on a dark shirt, I had to pack this ink in so much that I probably did about 20 passes in total, which for other screen printers listening or anyone with any idea of, of what I'm talking about, like I know it's fucking crazy. 20 passes is insane. I'm still learning. I probably should have done like a super cover base coat. It doesn't matter. I'm fucking smarter for it now. Just shut up. Okay. So these flash dryers that I'm talking about, they hang over the other end and basically they're just like a heater with a few fans directing that uh, heat straight down onto the garment so you can actually be cooking them in between each pass which means you're putting a layer of ink on top of a layer of dried ink instead of just trying to smash more wet ink into more wet ink which really is just moving the ink around between the screen and the and t-shirt the so I'm looking at getting myself one of these flash dryers. Now that's actually the least impressive of all of the equipment I'm, I'm trying to accumulate over the next month. And when I say trying to, everything is in plan. I'm gonna be getting all these things, but I hate counting my chickens before they hatch. So I am planning to acquire all of these things until it actually happens. Now, I have the flash dryer, which is gonna hover over the screen printer as I print my T-shirts, which allows me to have more confidence that these prints are sealing to the shirt as I'm going along. It also means that doing things like polyester prints or even like these super um, bright prints on darker T-shirts, I'm getting a more kind of solid compact print on that shirt and it's sealing before I'm doing those passes, which means I'm getting color on color instead of just that washed out kind of dull look to my colors, which to be honest, this shirt kind of has. And look, man, it's the first of 20. I'm not saying this is gonna be the best shirt. I'm saying that I'm learning with every single fucking shirt that I do. These are the best possible uh, product that I could possibly deliver, but it is for right now. Okay, this is 100% the best thing that I can release right now, given the knowledge and the information and equipment that I have. So moving on, I'm going to have the flash dryer, which is probably the hardest piece of equipment to attain because I'm actually just going to buy it off eBay and try my luck. Like they used to be like $1,800 and now they're like 300 bucks delivered off eBay. So as much as I would like to get one of the fucking professional $1,000 ones, I'm going to make a $300 one last for even if it gives me 12 months, I believe I can generate enough income and, and wealth with what that will add to my whole process that I'll be able to facilitate spending the bigger money in say 12 months time. But this will definitely help me for just right now. Now, once you've got all the prints done, as I said before, I would line them all up. I take them all off the screen press. I line them all up. I get the heat gun out and I just stand there and I do this for about 10, 15 minutes or until I get an RSI in my wrist because I'm doing the same thing over and over. I can start to feel the same muscle now already starting to flare up down here. Instead, what you're meant to do is use what's called a tunnel dryer. Now, tunnel dryer is a brilliant piece of equipment. Basically how it works is it's a big square machine like this, big kind of rectangle. And it's about, should be about three meters deep. And it's got a conveyor belt that runs through the center of it. And on top of that conveyor belt inside the machine is heating elements and fans. And basically 
what you're doing, very similar to when you visit a hotel and you get the free breakfast, you go downstairs and you put the toast on the little conveyor belt and it cooks at top and bottom and then by the end it spits out, you've got a perfect piece of toast. That's exactly what a tunnel dryer does. So instead of taking our t-shirts and hitting them with the heat gun and then putting them into a heat press to seal them, you instead take them straight off the screen printer straight onto the tunnel dryer and the tunnel dryer very slowly takes it into its little fucking, you know, box of heat and delivers it out the other side with a perfectly finished print every time. Basically what this is doing is eliminating the need for the heat gun and for the heat press and it's taking a heap of actual manual labor out of the process. So I'm super excited. I found one. These start at like $4,000 and go the whole way up to fucking whatever you want. You know, I'm sure there's ones out there for a hundred grand. The ones that um, I've seen in real life of screen printers here in town and up in Perth and stuff, you're looking at about six, seven, eight thousand dollars for a commercial size one that's about three, four meters long. And in all honesty, I probably don't have the room to house one like that. But would you believe I came across, dude, this is the thing. All this, all, all the shit that I've got in my setup, dude, like all of it is stuff that like you have to have a use for it. Otherwise, you're not going to come across it accidentally. You don't go down the tip and come across a fucking screen printer. You know what I mean? Like you can accidentally come across a working lawnmower. Sometimes, you know, you'll be driving past someone's house. The other day I picked up a fire pit and the fucking wood inside the bag that you buy from the servo to have a fire. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can just come across things of value. But the thing is when it comes to this screen printing bullshit, it's all such specific equipment that you literally need to be a screen printer to ever own it. You're not going to own it as, as a part of some other setup that you've got. This is literally one of those things where like you actually just need to be a screen printer to have this stuff. So sometimes like I feel like it's not even worth searching for shit on Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace because the only thing you're going to find is other people who do screen printing offering their services of screen printing up for sale on these platforms so every now and then when i'm feeling adventurous or super stoned i'll chuck in a you know screen printing supplies or tunnel dryer or flash dryer or screen printer or heat press all of these things into gumtree just to see what comes up and anyway it's about fucking you know 10 o'clock at night the other night i can barely hold my eyes open because your boy's been hitting that fucking sticky icky tahitian blend and I punch something into Gumtree that gives me such an interesting result. I can't help but stand up, have my hair stand on end, and with excitement say, what the fuck is going on? It was a fucking tunnel dryer for $1,200 located less than 100 kilometers away from where I live. Hey. Hey. Boof. Right? So anyway, I'm thinking $1,200. bucks. I can not I can't afford it. I sure as hell don't have the fucking spare $80 to put fuel in my car to go pick it up. But for that price, are you fucking kidding me? There's actually no way that I can't afford it. So what did I do? I did what I do best. Instead of saying I can't afford it, I said to myself, how do I afford it? And to say heaps less about the whole situation, I'm going to pick it up this afternoon. Now, I have had a little bit of a problem because... I did stuff him around on, on January the... Well, it was the first Monday of the year, which was... Oh, today, last week, right? Public holiday, all the bullshit. And I end up just saying to him like, dude, I'm sorry, I can't come and look at this today. I'm literally still too hungover from fucking New Year's Eve to make any positive decision. Homeboy goes like, you know what, dude, I fucking get it. Don't worry about it. I'll talk to you. And in all honesty, actually, the story goes heaps deeper than that. And I may have even said on the podcast before because it is pretty interesting. I actually found the shit on Gumtree for 1200 bucks and it had been on there for four or three weeks at the time i looked at it for another like two weeks thinking like fuck man 
Like I should say something about, I should message him and say like, hey man, is this still available? But I did that bullshit thing where I just put it in my save thing and I kept watching it. Anyway, one day I'm like happy to pull the trigger on it and I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna message your student and say, hey, what, you know, how much would you take? I'll, I'll come have a look at it, blah, blah, blah. So I go to message him and of course it's gone. And I'm like, fuck, that'd be right. You know, this is like, not only is this something that is 100% usable, Okay, let's have that conversation. It's not 100% usable and like this, like it's not a 100% smart decision to go and purchase this for my business because essentially the heat press that I'm buying today or the heat press that I was planning on buying today, I'm not sure if I told you if that what it was earlier in the podcast. I like to be secretive for some reason as if people are listening to this. But um, I so this heat press that I'm looking at buying today obviously is in you know, it's, it's a lot of money. I'm going to be spending a lot of money on this heat press. And essentially, as I've mentioned already, the heat press does the job of what the tunnel dryer does. The tunnel dryer is just more specific and just means that you don't have like the big square mark around where the heat press is on. You don't have your heat press being used for fucking, you know, four minutes at a time where you've got to be there and take one out and put the next one in and just little things like that. So the tunnel dryer doesn't actually give you return straight away the only thing that it does it makes a process more efficient and also makes it a little bit more user friendly for the person doing the screen printing so i can take that straight off the screen printer put it on the tunnel dryer i know besides the stretch test that shirt is basically good to go so once it comes out the end of the tunnel dryer i'm going to check that print make sure it doesn't crack at all and then i'm going to bag it up write a little thank you note put it in the post the shit's going to be gone so to make the decision of like i can spend a thousand dollars today on this tunnel dryer I won't get $1,000 back ever for that tunnel dryer unless I sell it, okay? The only thing that that helps in my business is the screen printer and the efficiency and the economy of the whole process, okay? So this is one of those decisions where I did sit on it for two weeks looking at it because I thought it's not like I'm gonna spend $1,000 today and it's immediately gonna make me back 50 or 100 and then you know that repeating itself is eventually gonna pay for itself. It's one of those things where I need to find $1,000 right now and it's gotta come out of fucking nowhere and it's gonna give me no return. So when you ask the question, do you need a flash drive for your business? The answer is yes to me because I have no doubt that I'm gonna be making these teas into the ongoing future, short, medium, and long-term. And a flash dryer is part of that process, okay? When I ask myself, do I need a flash dryer given the current, you know, kind of economic and ergonomic status of my business? Absolutely not, okay? I can still fix the problem that I'm, that it actually fixes with another piece of equipment, okay? So I'll say that again. The thing that I'm going to purchase, the problem that it solves, I already solved that problem. I can continue to solve that problem not using this piece of equipment, but I can also solve that equipment that problem more efficiently with this piece of equipment, and therefore it starts to come to the conversation. So then, when I ask myself, well, why would or wouldn't you? What are the pros and cons? You know, create the fucking seesaw and figure out which side of the fence we're going to sit on. And this is one of those situations where I can never afford anything right now, okay? I've said this plenty of times. If you're a regular listener, you know what's up. I can't afford anything. I can afford anything that is important to my business. Anything. Anything that I can justify, anything that I might deem a good move in the right direction, whether it's 10 bucks or $10,000, I will afford it one way or another and in a timely manner. Now, when I think about all of this, when I put all this together, the fact that this shit is $1,200, 
It's a hundred kilometers away from where I live and a thousand dollars, like I'm saying 1200, a thousand, it's all the same shit. You know what I mean? A thousand dollars is not a crazy amount of money to get a hold of, whether it's being borrowed or gifted or whatever it might be. And then on top of that, this dryer isn't just a commercial dryer. It's a mini dryer. That's why it's a little bit less expensive. So not only is it not a big four meter machine, it's actually perfect size, not only for the environment that I've got to put it in, but for the size screen printer that I've got. So if I had an eight station screen printer and had a mini tunnel dryer, it's like, bro, you bought condoms that are too small for yourself. But if you've got a four stage printer and you've got a mini tunnel dryer and a 30 by 30 stalls hotronic heat press, that is all congruent. That all makes sense. So I can actually, I can justify that decision and I can say, yes, I'm going to go spend a thousand dollars on this tunnel dryer because it's going to, it's going to fit into the process. It's going to help me with efficiency. It's going to help me with ergonomics. It's, I can teach people to use this rather than teaching people to use the heat press with four or five other things I've got to learn alongside it. So as far as I'm concerned, fucking great move. Now, what else are we getting? So we've got the fucking, we've got the flash dryer that I'm, that I'm working on. We got the tunnel dryer, which is hopefully going to be here by the end of the day. We got the auto heat press, which has got the, the it's got the pressure setting, it's got the auto release, it's got the magnet clamshell on the way down, it's got all the bullshit. It's the machine of machines to get. Oh, that was my microphone. Sorry if I just blew out your eardrum. Sorry if I blow out your eardrums in general. I'm fucking terrible for clapping and yelling and doing the you thing at the end of the podcast. So I am very apologetic if I ever give you one of those bloody nightmares in the ear. But then past that, I am getting, I'm so excited. I'm so fucking excited. I'm actually getting this piece of equipment that I never anticipated getting for Black Ink. I didn't really see it having any sort of importance or um, what would you call it? I never saw, it's funny, it's a piece of equipment that people have actually asked me about since I kind of rebirthed all of this, like got Black Ink up and running April last year. Uh, they, you know, Everyone kind of said, you know, you're going to get this thing and you know, like you're going to get a commercial one, you're going to get a small one. And I was like, you know, I, I don't really see the actual need for this particular thing. But then I had it mentioned to me in another light. And and to be honest, like the reason that people were asking me before, uh, it was for a different purpose of what I'm going to be using it for. Okay. Now, what I'm talking about is a vinyl cutter and printer. A vinyl cutter and printer is the piece of equipment responsible for most of the stickers that you've ever stuck on anything. Vinyl cutter and printer is responsible for sign writing, both cars and businesses. It's responsible for being able to make the negatives for when you set screens for screen printing. It can do basically anything, anything you can think of when it comes to stickers, right? And this is one of those things where you go like, okay, so you're going to make your own stickers. This is not very cool. Dude, that's fucking unreal. That is unreal. Like in the past eight months, and I haven't really done it for the past like two or three months, but I've sent literally thousands of stickers out in the mail, right? Literally thousands of stickers. So essentially what this is going to allow me to do from day dot, from day dot, I'm going to be able to print negatives, which is basically just cutting out my design in vinyl, weeding out all the background, and then being able to apply that to a piece of clear, uh, clear fucking plastic. I'll be able to then use that to transfer my designs onto screen prints using light-sensitive emulsion, which uh, we'll talk about that as well. Fuck, so much to hit on. We're already 35 minutes into this bitch, but 
So it allows me to do those negatives. It allows me to make all of my stickers. It allows me to make stickers for outside clients. It allows me to do any sort of sign writing to my car that I want to do. It allows me to do anything that I want with a sticker, which is absolutely fucking endless in my point of view. Now, I was looking at getting a BN20, which is a Roland desktop vinyl cutter and printer. And as it turns out, they are as rare as rocking horse shit. And I am never going to find one for the amount of money that I've got to spend on one, which is actually zero because I never anticipated on buying a vinyl cutter and printer. And then as it turns out, I accidentally came across a certain gentleman who had one for sale, happens to be a serviceman and technician himself, and just wanted me to have a bloody good deal. So I'm not going to say too much more on the vinyl cutter situation, but just know on the horizon, the soon horizon, Black Ink is going to be acquiring and putting to use a vinyl cutter and printer. So I'm very excited to see the projects that come from that, all the things that I'm going to be able to create. The simple fact that I can have a fucking idea in my head, print it out on my vinyl cutter, transfer it to plastic, right? Take that to my clean screen that I've already washed out in my outdoor area. I then put, oh, sorry, maybe it's just a clean screen at this point. It has no emulsion. I can then go into my dark room. I can apply emulsion to it and set, set that with a heater. I can then come back with my big low boy light that everybody thought that I was buying to fucking grow weed inside of a grow room. But you know, lights have more than one use. Anyway, I can then set it using that light and the negative that I printed off on the plastic that sets it into the screen. I can then take that screen, wash out all the bullshit, bring it to my screen printer, load on a shirt, put on whatever color ink I want and make that t-shirt. I can then advertise it in the afternoon and sell it by the evening, which means I've taken something that was an idea and turned it into a physical sellable thing and sold it by the end of the day. I had all the equipment to do so. I had all the knowledge behind me to use the equipment and the programs and the software and the hardware and the fucking ins and outs and all the bullshit. And then on top of that, I've got the salesman mentality to actually be able to piece all that together, market it to someone and have the transaction go smoothly. So I am building now in the next month with all of these new pieces of equipment, a full process from start to finish that I can do anything that Black Ink needs. I can do anything that outside clients need. I've just got so much control over everything. And in the meantime, I'm learning all these things that are just fun, exciting and creative. You know, it's just so cool being able to like produce things and build things from the ground up. So actually, before I get a little, before we put a cap on that, I just want to talk a bit more about the cleaning the screens and all the rest. How fun is this? So basically, the first part of screen printing is obviously creating the screen itself, which is setting that design onto light sensitive emulsion. So I was actually outsourcing this, which meant up until about a week ago, if you wanted something, if you wanted me to print something, I can get the T's, I can do the printing, I can do the finishing, I can do all of that, but I can't actually create the screen. Even though I've got a bunch of screens ready to go, I can't put the emulsion on there and I can't set it because I didn't have the equipment and I didn't really have the deep seated knowledge. Now, as you may know, I went and spoke with the people who do all of this outsource work for me, the people who sold me the screen printer themselves. And I you know, just said, hey, can you teach me how to do all this stuff? So I spent in between Christmas and New Year's, two days in the fucking heat inside this shed, getting this job done, understanding all the ins and outs of all this setting and just wrapping my head around what, it, what emulsion is and how it works. Um, you know, how to do these timings properly, how to apply things properly, what are the indicators to look for, how to fuck it up, how to do it right, X, Y, Z, right? Now, I realized that I can do all of these things at home very basically with a few real kind of simple bits of equipment. And one of them, like I was talking about, is a low boy light. 
Now, if you don't know what a low boy light is, I'm sure you've been in a warehouse before, okay? When you go inside warehouses, they have those massive lights that are about this big and they got the big dome that hangs off the bottom with a big box on top of it and a massive globe inside the dome. And those things, there might be like one every fucking 10 meters. And in warehouses, they'll have lines of them, you know, and these just piss out heaps of light. And the idea is they have that dome so that it directs all of that light that that bulb is producing pretty much straight down and it gives you plenty of light. Now, the idea with one of these in my particular um, situation, just let me first start by saying, this isn't the way that you're meant to do it. Screen printing is actually a process that can be done a million different ways and is done a million different ways. And I am just blessed by learning how to do it. I'm not going to say the most backyard way, but the way to do it using the least amount of purchasable things. Because while the people that I purchased all of this equipment off isn't necessarily like, it's not like they're penny pinches or anything. They're fucking smart people. So basically the guy who taught me how to do this when he was looking at how to do this, someone obviously taught him and said, you know, you get this piece of equipment, you get that piece of equipment, you put it all together and you make this, here's how you make a dark room. He's just gone like, hang on, what's the working elements? So, so you're saying this thing that I need here, this light, this UV heavy light, what essentially in it is it? It's just punching out heaps of UV. Okay, can I do that with a low boy? Yes, I can. Here it is, bang. And even like in his dark room using a safe light, which is a UV free light, basically it's like a red light. You see them in dark rooms for photography. All he has is a normal fluorescent box, but then he's painted the clear, the, the clear plastic over the top so that no UV can get through it. So instead of having to buy these expensive safe lights over and over again, as you know, you inevitably break them because they are expensive. Instead, he's got this thing that he already had. He already had the paint. He already had the light box. He painted it. He made a light box that works. He tried. He tested it. It works while well, we need to buy the expensive gear. So now I'm putting together my studio of equipment of, you know, all the shit in a way that's like, okay, I'm learning how to do this with the information procured from someone who puts together information, if that makes sense. So I'm trying to make like a homemade way of doing something based off homemade ways of teaching me, but got, got too far down the path on that one. What I'm saying is now I have this low boy, I just need a dark light and then I'm going to be able to produce all this stuff at home. You know, I find a dark area, I curtain it off, have my safe light, have my low boy light, plug everything into all the shit. On top of that, I realized like, oh, to wash these out, I actually need a trough. Like I need somewhere in my normal residential house that I can do kind of like, you know, like a commercial wash station. I need something that's fairly big. So I started to look around and think like, how can I piece together the idea that, you know, I need essentially like a big trough that has a back on it, maybe a bit of a lid, a drain. I need a way of catching all of the water so that I can then filter it, letting the clean water go away and letting the sediment dry and put that in the bin so that I'm not creating any environmental hazards for myself. And I thought the only way I can do this is by getting a canopy off the back of a car and making like a bench in it because that way it's like a big kind of container, if you will. And it's got like no holes. It's going to collect everything. It's going to gravity feed all the water to the bottom. And then that's going to pull up somewhere. And then I'll be able to use that to filter and move on. And I thought to myself, it's a big container. It's a big container. It's a big container. I need a big container. Wouldn't that work? I need a big container. So boom, bang, light bulb like that. You know, those bulker like thousand liter tubs that have those like aluminium cages around them. Fucking perfect. 
So I find myself a clean one of those just coincidentally laying around at dad's house. And I think this is this is absolutely perfect. I do all the measurements. I run a few quick couple of tests. Sure enough, imagine like, let's get something that's a box. Um, no, no. Well, I don't necessarily have a box on me, but you know what a box looks like. So basically, fuck, really? I don't have a box? I don't. I don't. So imagine a box. I'm essentially just cutting off a slice on the front. So it's got a backboard, sideboards, and then at the bottom, it's got a little drain that kicks out to one side, which obviously is the lowest point of the whole container. So I'm essentially making use of an already trough that's made, cutting myself out a hole in the top of it so I can do my spraying and all that. And it's going to collect all that mist and runoff, collect it at the bottom. And then when I'm done doing what I'm doing, I can just open up that tap, have all of that stuff fall into a bucket that's full of like blue metal and sand, which is going to gravity filtrate all of the water through that going out the bottom, catching all the heavy sediment. Then when it's later on dried, I can just go and put in the bin, done and dust it came up with a fucking complete industrial washdown station that I not only made for free, but completely hits all of the fucking things that it needs to, to get the job done the best possible way. So that means that I've got all of my inside area covered and I've got all of my outside area covered without having to worry about any sort of environmental washout, any sort of like trouble from the neighbors because they're getting all, you know, fucking bits of emulsion flying up in the air and settling on their fence, whatever, which I don't think it will, but I'm also covering all my bases to make sure that it won't right so as far as like the whole studio equipment situation goes at the moment i'm obviously already producing having fun putting together these ideas creating garments putting my stuff in shops having having heaps of fun but now i'm finding that like I'm getting heaps of fulfillment out of solving these problems like, right, we need an outdoor wash area. How do we do that? What are all the things we need to take into consideration? The environmental, the overspray, the catching it, making sure it's like, I'm not putting myself in a position, you know, I'm, as simple as lifting that whole cube up off the ground, just one foot means that I'm not gonna be squatting down at all. It means that I can stand up, work straight. I can be operating the pressure gun by just rotating my hips instead of having to like squat down and bend my knees and bend my back and all the bullshit. So it's just like problem solving as you go to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a situation where it's gonna create more work or it's gonna cost you more money later on, or maybe you're spending heaps of money up front that isn't necessarily worth it. You know, because I could go and buy, or I could go and have an industrial wash station fabricated. I could spend two, $3,000 on the whole project, but again, it's like spending $8,000 on a tunnel dryer right now. Sure, the business could use it, it could fit in really well. It would make me feel really good because I've got a great piece of equipment. But is it a justifiable expense that I can stand there and defend to maybe a mentor or a business partner? Absolutely not. It's not. A $950 tunnel dryer absolutely is. Oh my God, I've given you so many prices about the tunnel dryer. I'm sorry. He had it advertised for 1200 and I got him down to 950 So in my mind, that's 1000 That's why I said 1000 before. I said 1200 because that was the first number. And just now I said 950 because that's actually how much it is. I'm sorry. I know you're not following along anyway. Thank you for listening. Okay. But. Mm. And dude, this is... um. <clears throat> I don't even know if this is uh, even like saying too much or like whether I shouldn't be offering this transparency, but something massive happened to me on Saturday and it makes me want to cry thinking about it because it's fucking beautiful and it's an indicator. It's a real indicator. You know what I mean? So I mentioned in episode 69 named You Can Find Me at Sabotage. Okay. I said on that episode 
that everybody was congratulating me because I was getting into sabotage because I got my stuff stuff into shops. Because when people walk past Sabotage now, they see black ink on the shelves and that adds value to the brand because now they can believe it. Now they see it physically on the shelf. It's not just something on their phone that they look at while they're taking a shit in the morning. This is something that is tangible, right? And people were congratulating me and I would say, don't congratulate me. I've had heaps better wins, heaps better indicators that suggest that black ink is doing something before I got into Sabotage. Sabotage is just something that is understandable that's digestible for you, that you can put into pieces. So therefore you say, oh, I saw your sabotage is so good. Of course, I'm not at all mad that people give me these celebrations and these, you know, kind words and gestures and all the rest. It's just like, I, I, I like to keep myself real. I don't want to celebrate something that's a faux win. Sure, that's a step in the right direction, but it's not a win-win until Saturday. I went in there on Saturday, which is the first time for this year. I offered Megan, the owner, a happy new year's and I asked about her Christmas and the best I could with all the customers that she had because she was absolutely fucking flat out in there. Even her partner was in there, right? Now, I go in there and there was a special order for a gentleman who got an, an extra large trademark tee for Christmas and wanted a 2XL instead. So what did I do? I printed him one. I took it in there and I hand delivered it to Megan, ready to give to that customer. And she said, you know what? Why don't you just charge me for everything that's in the shop? And uh, moving forward, I know that all that's covered because that'll all sell. And um, we shall play it by ear as we move forward. I'm sorry? Did you just tell me to invoice you for everything that's hanging on the shelf? Hey. Hey. Just tell me. Does that mean that I'm not on commission anymore? Does that mean that Black Ink is trustworthy enough, is valuable enough, that you're going to buy it to put it on your shelves? Hey, that's amazing. That's crazy. That's someone in the industry of streetwear, someone in the industry of fashion who knows what's going on, who speaks the language and who gets it. And she said to me, metaphorically, I trust your brand enough and find it valuable enough that I'm willing to put it in my shop on an ongoing basis so much so that I'm not going to wait until it sells to pay you. I'm just going to pay you and then sell it because I am confident in it. That was mind blowing. That for me is one of those things that like, that's a real thing that I got back to the car and couldn't stop smiling. You want to start crying because you're so happy. That's a real fucking indicator that Black Ink's doing something worthwhile. That made me come home and work hard all day yesterday, printing shirts and all the rest on a Sunday when you babies know that I don't fucking work on Sundays. That was wild. You know why that happened? Because I made a decision and I fucking stuck to it. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I'm in the middle of it, right? I said this to my dad the other day. I'm in my golden years. I'm in my prime. Everything is the best it's ever going to be right fucking now and it only gets better. Because I made a decision and I stuck to it every day. Even when I didn't think it was a good idea, I trusted the process. And now things are starting to happen. Now I'm going to buy a fucking flash a tunnel dryer. I'm buying a fucking auto heat press. I've got people wanting to invest in my business. I've got new people who are paying attention to me that I'm trying to be getting their attention for years. And now they see. Now they see. They pay attention because I'm. they're seeing results. They're not hearing a voice saying that they're going to do something. It's crazy. Don't forget, I don't say all of this egotistically. I say it because I'm human and I want other humans to have the same human experience that I'm having. Anyway, I've gone past my time. Enjoy the beginning of your week. Enjoy the beginning of the year. Be good to your mum because I'm fucking out. Yeah!